For the first time in a little over a month, I received a text message yesterday morning. When I first saw the number that messaged me, I thought I had gone crazy. I thought it was my number. But after examining it a little closer the second time, I noticed that our number was the same except for the last number. Then I remembered about that dumb little number neighbor trend, so I rolled my eyes and opened up the text, fully prepared to block the number. But what was written was what stopped me. Sorry, but I don't have a lot of time to explain. I can't access my internet, and my call won't even go through with 911. Please. This is my address. Sorry, I won't write the address here. Will you please call 911 for me and tell them... Tell them that there is someone in my house. I didn't think twice. I called 911 and gave them the address and told them about the message I received. After I got off the phone, I sent a message back. I called the cops for you, but why didn't you message anyone else? It didn't take a while to get a text back. I tried texting everyone on my contact list, but the messages weren't going through. I got desperate and decided to text every number I could think of. You were the only one that messaged back. I hope the cops get here soon. I'm hiding in the closet. I think they already killed my husband and kids. I didn't really know what to say, so I sent back a text hoping it would at least calm them down. I called the cops. They should be there soon. I'm sure you will be fine if you keep hiding in the closet. Around ten minutes later, I received a phone call. It wasn't from the number that texted me. Fearing the worst, I waited a couple rings before answering it. Hello, this is Officer Stevens. I am told the emergency line received a call from you to check on an address. I'm giving you a call because the house that you reported has been burned down three years ago. Now can you please tell me if you were doing a little prank or if you really received a text? Confused and a little pissed, I told him. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry if someone was pranking me, but I really did receive a text. The officer sighed and the line was silent for a couple of seconds before he responded back. Alright. If they message back, let me know. We have been getting a couple of noise complaints around this neighborhood this morning, but none of the callers could give us an exact house to check on. I agreed to let him know, and he hung up the phone. Against my better judgment, I tried calling the number that messaged me, but after the second ring, I was sent a voicemail. I tried calling four more times after, but it did the same thing each time. I messaged the number a couple times but I never got a response back. The only reason why I'm writing to you all right now is because tonight while I was cooking dinner, I heard breaking news come from my TV. I looked at the TV for the next three minutes in absolute horror. Two dead bodies were found in a house that was next to the house I called in for. A man and his little kid. A couple of seconds later, my phone vibrated in my pants. I took my phone out and saw that there was a text. I really did get you with the text earlier, didn't I? Don't get out of your house. I'm right outside. You have six hours left to live before I send my friends into your house. Do whatever you need to do before then. I tried calling and messaging people, but it won't work. I tried Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, hell, I even tried YouTube, but none of them work. So I'm posting on here, hoping that maybe this site will work. I live on 168. I'm a dumbass who thought I could post my address when I type it in. Damn. Keeps writing that whenever I write my address. <sighs> I'm gone. 
I don't know what I can do, but I guess take this as a free lesson. When an unknown number messages you, don't message back. Damn. Don't get involved. Just call the cops and leave it alone. There obviously isn't any hope for me, but maybe I can help someone else out in the future. For the last time, I'm logging out. I've had this problem for as long as I can remember. In preschool, I remember being confused when they told us there were seven days in a week, because I could only ever count six. I've never told anyone this, not even my wife, so I've never really been able to ask, but I can gather from careful questions that the me they see on Thursdays acts the exact same way and says the same general things I would. If plans are made for Thursdays, I show up and do exactly what I would do. I just don't ever remember it. Before you ask, yes. I've tried staying up all Wednesday night or waking up in the middle of the night. It never works. I wake up in my bed on Friday. I feel sorry for the Thursday me. He's never going to have a weekend. I worked it out, and he only has Christmas once every seven years or so. It's not fair that I get to have so much more life than him. One thing I do know is he doesn't like to keep a diary. If anyone goes through my journal, I wonder if they'll notice I've never made an entry for Thursday in all these years. I wish the Thursday me would write sometimes. If he did, I'd be able to figure out once and for all whether he's really a separate person, or if he's just an unconscious me, or anything. Last week I decided I would give him a break. I took Thursday off. I went to bed on Thursday and I hoped Thursday me would make the most of it. Friday I woke up and got ready for work. There was a very strange smell in the kitchen. It was an oily, burnt smell. It made me feel like something was sticking to my skin. I sprayed some air freshener and took out the garbage without investigating it. Before I left, my wife came out of the bedroom in her pajamas and hugged me deeply. Hey, what's this all about? I said. You don't normally wake up this early to say goodbye to me. I just wanted to thank you for the wonderful dinner you made last night, she said. What did you say that dish was called? It was incredible. Um, uh, I, I don't remember, honestly. I just flipped open my mom's cookbook to a random page. I'll have to look it up again this afternoon. She kissed me. Her breath smelled like the kitchen. Well, whatever it was, figure it out and make it again soon. I love you so much. I love you too, I said. At work, everyone was happy to see me. Richie, the guy who works next door to my cubicle, slapped me on the back. That was an amazing party last night, buddy. My supervisor, Helen, dropped by my desk. If you're going to throw a get-together like that every time, then you can take off as many days as you'd like. I can't believe how much I ate. There was a big greasy stain on her blouse. It looked like she'd been wearing a messy bib. As the day went on, more and more people thanked me and shook my hand and asked me where I'd learned to cook like that. There were people I never even talked to, like the janitors and the security guys. Toward the end of the day, a woman I had never seen before spoke to me. I could see from her ID badge that she was a secretary from our other facility across town. She said, I've always thought I was an adventurous eater, but after last night, wow, 
I'd never eaten anything like that before. What did you say that dish was called? She had a black glob stuck between her teeth. I said, I can't believe I don't remember. It was in my cookbook. I'll have to look it up and get back to you. Please do. By the end of the day, I hadn't gotten a bit of work done. So many people, strangers, had talked to me. I was completely overwhelmed. As I drove home, I almost expected a cop to pull me over and ask me what I had cooked last night. I had to figure out what it was. When I got home, I went into the alley behind my house and opened up the garbage can. The smell was so powerful I started gagging. It was like nothing I'd ever smelled before. Greasy, burnt, and metallic. It made me sick. But at the same time, it was appealing. Almost addicting. As I sorted through the trash, it seemed like I was breathing deeper, trying to get more. All the scraps were covered in black globs like the secretary had between her teeth. The globs stuck to me as I wiped them off, the long curved bones and fleshy sacks I pulled out of the garbage bag. One of the things I pulled out looked like a tiny human hand, an inch across with two thumbs on one side. It was held together with fibrous connective tissue. I touched one frayed tendon dangling from its wrist, and it crushed into a tight fist. I couldn't open it again. I picked up something unmistakably, a skull, two inches across with shards of grey, fatty meat still clinging to its face, but its single eye socket was completely clean, like someone had sucked it dry with a long tongue. Its jaw was too narrow and locked open like it was screaming. I found a tentacle filled with bubbles of black liquid that, if I touched them, would burst and evaporate instantly. I found a strip of skin, bright red with grill marks on one side, and covered in grey hairs that were stretchy like rubber and needle, sharp at the tip. I couldn't take it anymore. I vomited. I left the pile of refuse and the overturned garbage can in the alley and ran upstairs through the back door. I washed my hands in the bathroom because the smell was still in the kitchen. I came into the living room and my wife smiled at me. I could smell it on her. I'm starving, honey, she said. I haven't eaten all day. I'm waiting to see what you make for us tonight. I could only laugh unconvincingly in response. I went into the bedroom. My journal was open on the nightstand, open to Thursday's entry. Thank you so much for this opportunity, old friend. I'll take more days next week. I never thought in a million years I'd be posting this kind of thing. My whole life, it's been one friend zone after another. There have been a few times where I've had a real meaningful connection with a girl, but most of the time, something goes wrong, or it turns out they're a psycho. They'll talk about how they want romance, but freak out when you surprise them. And unfortunately, if you're like me, and you struggle to understand people, or you're prone to taking statements at face value, that makes you a very vulnerable target. A lot of girls used me in the past, exploiting me for money free rides, and most of all, as an emotional shoulder to cry on. In my experience, most women love to play games, flirting with you one moment and then withdrawing the next. And by doing that, 
they can keep guys like me dangling for years because we're just too trusting. That's what makes Valerie different. She's never asked me for anything like that, and I know she's super smart. The way we communicate is so fun. She does such clever little things like leaving me a note asking me to leave the apartment block door open so she doesn't have to find her keys in the dark. It'll just be a note pinned to my door, but it's her way of letting me know that she's thinking about me. Other times she'll ask me to hold a door open while she walks past with her groceries. When I do, she'll look at me and smile in a way that makes it clear she likes me. God, her eyes just light up when she looks at me. It's unbelievable. She has this moosey brown hair that's shoulder length, and I notice that when she goes out to work, she wears nice conservative clothing. But when she's just walking around the apartment block, washing clothes or collecting post, she wears low-cut tops and loose pajama shorts that just draw your eye to her thighs. It's obvious she knows how those clothes are going to catch my eye, and I appreciate it. For men, sex is a huge driving motivator, but for women, it's not. None of the girls I've been with were very enthusiastic about sex with me so it means a lot to me when a girl reaches out and offers some kind of intimacy, even if it's just a small thing like wearing a short skirt or exposing their shoulders. But it's more than just attraction. We have a really deep connection. Sometimes she'll walk downstairs barefoot and I'll say, nice shoes, and she'll laugh. Over time, it's become our little in-joke. We've had this back and forth for nearly a year now, I always try to catch her going up her stairs, and I come out and ask how she is, and she'll smile at me and laugh at my lame jokes, and it's just perfect. And I've needed it. I've been in a dark place for a long time. I came out of university and got a job working from home, and without any real reason to go outside, I pretty much just stopped. I played games, jerked off, and ate pizza. I've gone weeks without leaving my flat. It was like that for so long. I became scared of going outside or speaking to other people. And then one day, she turned up and unlike so many people I know, she went out of her way to be nice to me. Without those flirty moments, I think I might have gone all the way down a dark path that ends with suicide. But now that she's moved in, well, I go outside and she'll be in the hallway, laundry basket tucked under her arm, just waiting to ask me questions about my day. And not just generic stuff either. She remembers things I talk about and she asks how it's going. She'll ask about my work projects or my hobbies or if I'm excited about a new game she remembered me mentioning. It's incredible to have that kind of meaningful relationship. And lately, I think it's been escalating. Just the other week, she left a pair of panties outside my door. It was so clever that she left them there doing a load of laundry. But come on. Right outside my door? It's so smart because it's clearly deliberate. A kind of breadcrumb to remind me of why I need to come out of my shell and approach her more directly. But it's also just accidental enough that I don't feel too much pressure. Sometimes girls don't know just how much we want them and how much time we spend staring at them and thinking about them. When a girl does something like that, it's like she's saying, Yeah, I know you're watching. Here's a bone to keep you going through the drought. And honestly, no other girl in my entire life has made me feel cared for like that. That's why I need to keep her safe. I don't think she knows, 
but I managed to get into the CCTV for the building. The landlord asked me to help set up the internet in this place, and I got him to let me take care of the building's IT stuff in return for rent reduction. Now I can check the cameras all throughout the public areas of the block. Well, it's really good I can do that, because lately I've had to intervene to keep Valerie safe. One guy followed her home from a night out, and I could see her lean into his ear and whisper something, telling him to leave. Poor girl was probably too scared to say it out loud, but then she trotted up the stairs, and he waited a moment and followed. The thought of how he would hurt her, it makes me scared. Not for her, but for him. Because the things I would have done to him, he would be begging for his life. I don't think that guy can even imagine what this 350-pound, almost 6-feet-tall silverback would have done to him if he had hurt one hair on Valerie's head. After he went upstairs, I went and buzzed her flat over and over. It must have scared the guy away, though, because when she answered, she said her place was empty. She was sweaty, and her clothes were torn, but she told me she was just exercising. I couldn't give away the fact that I'd been watching her, because it's important to seem aloof, and I don't want to come off as needy, but the guy never actually left her flat. I checked the cameras over and over to make sure he wasn't lying in wait, but nope, he went up the stairs and never came back down. Thing is, there is no back door in this building, there's just the one entrance. That can only mean one thing. He was so scared of me he jumped out the window. That's exactly the kind of protection I can bring to Valerie. It's very important to me that I keep her safe. Unfortunately, I'm worried about how a relationship is going to work if she makes it so hard to protect her. Because the big thing is that this incident wasn't a one-off. It keeps happening. I've taken to hanging around the front door when she goes out, so that when she comes back I'm here waiting, ready to shoo any guy away. She always seems really icy and weird at the time. But whenever we meet afterwards, she's clearly appreciative because she's back to normal, smiling and asking how I am. I wonder, is it just fear that makes her seem annoyed when she comes home and finds me waiting? I can't help but wonder what she thinks is happening when she lets these guys follow her home. She's putting herself at risk. Thank God I'm there to intimidate them because none of them ever come back out the front door. They must walk straight up the stairs to her place and jump right out the window just to avoid passing me again. That's a pretty crazy thing to do considering it's not the ground floor. I will say, Valerie is young, and I'd like to think as she grows up, she'll become a more sensible woman. But that's not the only red flag for me. There are others. For one, there's hygiene. Valerie always looks incredible, and she smells great. But the few times I've got a whiff of her flat, it's been... Uh, I don't want to come off as alarmist. It just smells damn awful. Like eye-watering, skin-blistering, paint-peeling, awful. Like my dad used to say, that smells worse than a dumpster outside a zoo in the middle of August. And the smell coming out of Valerie's apartment fits that saying perfectly. I mean, it's really hard to maintain this image of a precious little princess when you know she lives in a place that smells like a post-orgy butcher shop. I tried to get a glimpse of her flat when she answered the door that one time, but it was all dark. Again, I know she isn't perfect. I just didn't expect one of her little quirks to be so gross. 
I don't even know what's making the smell, but I know the guy above her made a bunch of complaints via snarky post-it notes, but he stopped recently. At first, I totally blamed him. How dare he say something mean about my girl? But now the smell is starting to seep downstairs. I'm pretty grotty myself, but sometimes I smell it and it's just like, holy hell, she lives in that? I'm concerned for her health. If she doesn't get out of that unhygienic place, it's too embarrassing for me to approach her about it. So a while back, I figured maybe I'd try to speak to the guy upstairs and get him to file a real complaint with the landlord. I knocked for like 10 minutes and didn't get an answer. Thankfully, I'm super close with the landlord and a while back he gave me a master key because I needed to get into various crawl spaces between floors to lay ethernet cables down. Long story short, I made a copy before I returned it to him. I swore I'd only use it in case of emergencies, but I figured maybe it was an emergency and if anyone asked, I'd just say the door was open. I didn't expect the smell to be so bad. It wafted out when I pushed the door open, and it was almost as bad as Valerie's place. The apartment beyond was dark and humid and crazy hot. The old guy had pumped the central heating up to maximum, and the effect was like walking into Jumanji. I called out his name, but no one answered, so I started exploring. It was the usual old guy place. Newspapers were everywhere. Magazines piled up high. For some reason, he had a radio he still used. Boomers, am I right? And a bunch of microwave meals. I did see some pictures of him with his late wife, and woo, she was not a looker. I can't imagine how some men settle for women that look like that. He actually looked happy in his wedding photos. How sad is that? Anyway, I went through his apartment, but I couldn't find the old guy. I did, however, find the source of the smell, and clearly there must be some kind of infestation. I don't know if there are cockroaches or wasps or some crazy exotic pet that got loose in the building because something had piled up a bunch of rubbish in the bathtub and started making some kind of hornet's nest out of it. It was about chest high and shaped like a weird bubbling island that jutted out of the water the color of blood and oil. The hive itself was made of rotting meat chewed up paper, discarded fruit, and all kinds of random stuff. Hell, there was even the old man's robe in there. And that guy never took that thing off. Looking around a bit more, I saw that the fridge door was wide open, and it was completely empty. So the old guy must have taken all his food and put it in the bath. Weird, right? Either way, the nest looked completely emptied. Whatever had made it was long gone now, so I decided to give it a little poke. It felt like rotten wood beneath my finger, but it was somehow greasy. It left a residue on my finger the color of bolognese grease and stank for days. I sniffed my finger and started gagging when out of nowhere this groan came from the hive and it moved, just a little bit. It sounded an awful like someone saying help, but it was so muffled and I was so scared. I didn't really get a chance to think about it because I was running for my life. Looking back, I'm 99% sure I heard it wrong, but there was no denying that whatever was in that hive sounded an awful lot like a person. I've tried googling to see if I could find out what that thing was, but I couldn't find anything useful. Whenever I search bugs that sound like people, it just shows me a bunch of children's films. There must be something in nature that makes that noise, because sometimes when Valerie goes out, 
I sneak up to her door and press my ear close to it, and I hear the same thing. It's all weird and distorted, but it definitely sounds like the word help. The infestation is clearly spread, and whatever bug is responsible could be dangerous. I even dared to open her door once just to see if I could glimpse how bad her apartment is. I literally just popped it open and looked. It was too dark to see anything, but she must have some kind of pet because something came stumbling out of the dark towards me. It was like a person made of paper or rotting wood, with their back and face covered in little white bumps about the size of a pea. This thing covered the distance so quickly, even though its hands looked awkward and clumsy as it slapped them down on the floor to come towards me. When it opened its mouth, there was nothing but this swollen piece of meat that stopped any sound. It looked like raw steak, and it dripped grease the same color as the bath. I cried out and slammed the door shut, but a second later, something thumped against it. That's when I finally realized what was happening. I couldn't believe it didn't occur to me earlier. But Valerie must work in special effects. I felt like such an idiot as the thought sunk in. I always knew she was a creative. Women always are. Anyway, it suddenly made sense why there was that hive upstairs and why Valerie was taking so much stuff out to the bins. It might even have explained the smell. Although that doesn't necessarily make the hygiene aspect any better. I do worry that Valerie knows I opened her door. Earlier today, I saw her dragging something in a big, thick bin bag down the stairs. I rushed out to help her and went to help, but she pulled it away and looked at me real angrily. She snapped at me, telling me to leave her alone. For a second, I almost listened, but girls never really know what's best for them, so I went to take it anyway. Unfortunately, I just ended up ripping it. I expected Valerie to get really upset with me, maybe even cry but both of our eyes were drawn when something plopped out of the sack that thudded its way down the stairs like a rotten cantaloupe. I ran down and looked at it, not knowing what it was at first. It looked like a bunch of unhardened paper mache, and it was very similar to that nest from the old man's place, but drier. When I reached down and picked it up, I saw that it had hair and these empty eye sockets and even a stump where the neck should be and there were thousands of pockmarks all along the face, like little dents or burrows. That's when I realized this was the prop that I'd seen in her flat. I asked her, Do you work in special effects? It must be, uh... I took a good look at the head. It didn't look very realistic at all. Everything was out of proportion and all bloated. Is this a work in progress? I asked politely. I don't know why, but I kind of muttered, I'm sure you'll get better. I wanted to sound reassuring, but as soon as I said it, my heart dropped. I didn't want her to be upset at me. Thankfully, Valerie just kind of stopped, looked at it, and then laughed her ass off. If anything, I think she's appreciated my honest criticism. If anything, I think she appreciated my honest criticism. Afterwards, she smiled this sort of cheeky, flirty smirk and asked me to help clean it up with her. So I did. It took hours for us to do it properly but being knelt down together scrubbing the floor was the closest we'd ever been physically, and I liked it. Plus, I got to see just how creative she was because there was all kinds of cool stuff in that bag, including mulched up feet, severed fingers, and these crazy wasps the size of my fist. None of the human stuff looked any good, but the bugs were amazingly detailed and so realistic. One fell out of the face's nose, and when I picked it up, 
Valerie looked so sad. I asked what was wrong with this decoration, pointing out just how realistic it was, and she said that sometimes the process just doesn't work out. Personally, I couldn't see what was wrong with it. The feel of the wasp's hair, that long, creepy stinger, and the way it plopped out of the guy's nose, it even had bits of gore in its mandibles. It was so realistic, I reckon she'll be famous one day like Tom Savini. But I also know what it's like to feel like a failure no matter what. So I just put a hand on her shoulder and said, it'll be okay. I think it paid off because afterwards she asked if I wanted to come up to her place for coffee. One weird thing was that, early on during the cleanup, she looked up at the camera for a real long time and her eyes narrowed, like she just realized something important. For a second I wondered if she realized how I'd seen her struggling on the cameras, but aside from the weird look she never mentioned it. And besides, during the cleanup she was super nice to me, asking about my family, my parents, if I have any siblings or friends. And then finally she asked if I wanted to come up. I could have squealed like a schoolgirl when she said that. Obviously, I said yes. I am nervous, though. What if she keeps doing risky things like letting men follow her? And what if she's a really bad homemaker? I've smelled her flat, and I'm not sure I want a woman who prioritizes her career over basic domestic chores. I guess I'll just have to wait and see. Thank you for making it this far. I hope you enjoyed the video. I just wanted to quickly let you know about a couple things I have going on. I have an Instagram where I post more personal things about who I am. It isn't just all creepy stuff. You can find me at Stories After Midnight. I also have a Twitter where I mainly retweet and like things I find interesting. The handle for that is in the description, but it is S underscore A underscore Midnight. I should really find another one because that's hard to say. If you really like what I'm doing, consider joining the Midnighters. That's my growing community where we hang out and have fun and talk about cats. You can find a link to our Discord in the description below. We'd love to see you there. Other than that, it'd make me happier than a cat on a table full of antique glassware if you'd like the video and consider sticking around for more. We'll see you in the next one.